On this week's show, leaving a legend, we speak to Jack Holland after his departure from Bromley. I don't think I thought that I'd be there this long, you know, just just because of the way you know non-league is. And have you heard the one about the team who won the cup with no players or manager? We hear from Fabio Rossi about the amazing achievement of FC Elmstead. Nonetheless, we had to, you know, fight every way, and, and we did. And uh, hopefully, it's put Elmstead on a, you know, we've been a very quiet sort of team since we've come into the league. But there ain't many teams that can say that they've won the London Senior Trophy or a cup. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with SCSA Sports Management. Even though we've barely had half a season for many of our clubs, in terms of our show, it's been the longest season yet. And this will be the penultimate episode of the season, but we're not letting up with a pair of cracking interviews for you this week. As always, I'm John Phipps, who's getting ready to swap the scaffold for the Euros this week. And on the line now is a man who's been beset by some IT problems this evening, but we've got him here regardless. It's my good friend, Matt Gerrard. How are you, mate? Not bad, not bad. Who's Well... Yes, you're the Euros expert. I see you've mm. tweeted about our Euro Fantasy League. Yep. Which I've joined. Um, Good man. Question. Three questions. Go on. Who will win the Euros? First, first question. I think I've, I've got a, f- a feeling that Italy will win the Euros. That's my fit as well. I fancy the Italians. Yep. Um, who will be? Who will win the Golden Boot? Uh, it won't be an Italian because I don't think they've got anyone who'll score the goals. Mobley, Pro- I quite like him. I, was uh, I think Mbappe or Harry Kane. Oh, well. And and who will be the player of the tournament? Uh, one of the Italians, probably um, Chiesa, maybe. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, for that, are you, what's the first game you will be covering? For you'll big yourself up here. Uh, first game I'm covering is on Saturday, five o'clock, Denmark against Finland. So I'll be doing that one. Right. Uh, I've well, got you to know the others as well. I'll like. be watching as much as I can. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'll have the games on when I'm here. I'm going up to the office in London a few times, so when I'm up there, all the games will be on the telly. So that'll be good to just be watching all of them. And yeah, just in uh, really looking forward to it. actually. I've got a lot of a lot of work coming up. Uh, I think I've got something like 17 shifts over the course of the month. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to actually. It should be a, a good crack and, and it should be a really, really good tournament. So I think there's genuinely six or seven teams going into this thinking they can win it. Um, and final question, there's a fourth question. Uh, Angleterre? It's tough, isn't it? Because I think they're going to, I think they're going to get through the group, obviously. But then they could find themselves with a very tricky tie in the next round, uh, depending on where they finish in the group, obviously. Uh, and then the quarterfinals, it's looking like it's going to be a Spain or a Germany. And I just don't know if we've got the the metal. I, I think it's not necessarily about the ability, but I just think it's the fact that it'll be playing against one of these teams who know how to win tournament games. Um, so I think I've, I've just got a feeling quarterfinals for England. What about yourself? Yeah, I've got a bad feeling about the Scotland game. I think we'll beat Croatia. I've got a funny feeling about the Scotland game. Lyndon Dykes, he's my man. That big lump. <laughs> Up in Scotland, that's the kind of striker I like. So uh, maybe Lyndon Dykes for Golden Boot. <laughs> Lyndon Dykes for the Golden Boot. You should uh, see what uh, local bookmakers are offering on that, mate, because I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, but, no, you know, he's, he's a good old fashioned lump. So, um, and you know, I love my lumps. <laughs> There's a, a sentence I could cut out and play over and over again in the podcast. Well, no, but otherwise, yeah, we're all okay. It's been, um, weather's been nice. So, uh, yeah, just. Nice Leslie walks, works, work. Um, 
yeah, that's about it, really. So, um, of course, big big week next week because it's kids' birthdays. So that's um, next week as well. So yeah, yeah, always always busy, busy as, as everything goes. So, but of course, the pod hasn't, you know, been. There's been no football this season, has it? <laughs> no, I think I think it's been. I've kind of felt the last few weeks that uh, you know we've had a bit of, I suppose, podcast fatigue really because we have yeah, just kept going point. and going and going. So it's been nice to have a couple of weeks uh, off, but we we did promise you we'd do a couple more bits, and obviously with the tournament still going on, uh, we're, we're very keen to to mention that again this week, and then we'll be doing one more episode uh, from the final of the tournament, and we'll discuss that later on. Uh, I've just got the odds up. Uh, your man Lyndon Dykes, two hundred and fifty to one. Uh, you can get on him to uh, to, to be I, I a top scorer. He will score in the tournament. If you don't know how betting works, if you put five pounds on Lyndon Dykes to be the top scorer, you will lose five pounds. That's exactly right. what will happen. If, if it comes off, I won't be putting money on him. But I reckon he will score. Okay. In, in the tournament, Lyndon Dykes, boom. Excellent. Uh, it's our 173rd episode this week, and that led me to all cheerful plane news, uh, a 1978 crash in America, and a book, 173 Hours in Captivity, which is all about the 173 hours, funnily enough, that a plane full of passengers were held hostage by hijackers across Asia over Christmas 1999. Cheerful yarn that, uh, I am I sure. That. I've mentioned before, I was when I was a kid, hijackings happened a lot, didn't they? They did, didn't they? It was, it was that was, like... And it was major news, and I was really obsessed with the hijacking. I think because you used to see him on the um, on the tarmac, didn't you? On that, I think there was one in England at one point, and it was quite a big thing. Hijacking, yeah, it doesn't seem to be as much. Doesn't seem to be the crime of choice anymore. Yeah, damn that heightened security making exactly. sure. It doesn't yeah, that's happen. probably true. Yeah, but they, it was big when I was growing up. Hijacking planes, but not that I would. Yeah, it's just something that's. And there was a couple of good hijacking movies as well around that sort of thing as well. So. Yeah. Talking of plays, did you ever see that? Talking about Anderson, did you ever watch that one with the um, the rugby team crash? It, the true story one. I've not seen it. No, I've heard good things about it. That's a good film. That is a good film. Yeah, when they, yeah, that is a good film. I'll have to add it to the film. list. Add it to the list. Yeah. Well, you haven't got. Basically, you'll be watching nothing apart from football for the next four weeks. So. <sighs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm already tired just thinking about it. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, yeah. That's the, that is the issue. But my wife has brought a um, she's a bit of a painter, so she's brought a canvas. And I, I think she said while I was watching the football, she would do her painting. So excellent. So it could come out, come out of it, yeah. Good stuff. Uh, anyway, on with the show. And it was the end for Bromley at the weekend as their playoff bid fell at the first hurdle. And it was also the end of an era this week as the club's retain list included a number of their regular names that you would know, including a man who is undoubtedly a modern day legend at Hayes Lane. 374 appearances for the Ravens, including skippering the side at Wembley three years ago. And to top it all off, Jack Holland is a really nice bloke as well. I caught up with him earlier today to talk about his exit, the playoffs and the future. So here he is. Jack Holland. You, you sometimes forget about about stuff you've done and, and, and things things you've done when you've been at a, a club so long. And you know when they when they put out the post, it, it was a nice video on the end. Um, it was it was quite emotional to see you know how much it, it, I've actually done there. And the fans are posting photos through through down the years, and it did bring everything back. And it was a uh, nice to see really. Just short of 400 appearances for the club. I mean, that, that is. Uh, would you ever have imagined when you first walked into Hayes Lane, what, 13 years ago, that you'd end up making nearly 400 appearances for the club? Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's, you know, obviously when I went there first, it was, um, I think I was I, in, in the youth team originally, then went back on loan. And, um, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't think 
I thought that I'd be there this long, you know, just just because of the way you know non league is. It's, I think uh, I haven't really seen it too much before, and um, as soon as I got in 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 the club, uh, you know, after the first year or two, I thought I can actually see myself staying here, and and um, I've loved every minute of it, and and the club you know have made it such an, an honour to to play for and. And, and walk out there and, and play for the fans, and it's, it's been a delight. It's obviously been a, a, an interesting season for Bromley, obviously with Neil Smith moving on, and Andy Woodman's come in, and, and what a run you all went on towards the end of the season to get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, you know, Smudge, you know, was was, was amazing, especially with me, you know, um, I was with him pretty much the, the, the whole time, um, and, you know, he took over, and, and the season, I think we were seventh, Um you know, we were just, just teetering on the playoffs with some hard games coming up. And then Smudge uh, obviously leaving and and, and uh, Woody coming in, you know, it was a, a tough ask. I don't think many people gave gave him or, or the club much hope. But, you know, from the inside looking out, we knew what a talented squad we had. Um, you know, I think, I think also a few people riding us off gave us that bit of fire. And, and what an incredible run. We, we went on and that's that's a credit to to everyone there you know Woody Donny Dodge uh, all the boys you know pulled out some some amazing results there and and uh, I think we shot quite a few people. What was Andy Woodman like as a manager? Obviously he came in and he, and he seemed to just get you all gelling, I suppose. Yeah, I, you know I think he, he came in and made it made it easy for everyone to 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 get behind him. Um, you know from from early on he he, he had meetings with everyone. Uh, reassured everyone, um, you know, and, and and gave us that belief. Not that we didn't have it before, but you know, with a new manager coming in, sometimes it could be could go a bit wayward. But he kept everything together, all the boys together, um, you, you know, and and with with again with Dodge and Dunny and and Woody together, you know, there was that sort of core there from before, and and we just took it and, and ran with it as underdogs, really. And obviously Sunday was was a disappointing way to end the season. The, the first half kind of killed it for you, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think uh, people that have, have played us um, can see that wasn't us early on. And you know, Hartlepool, especially away, is is a mountain to climb. Um, they've got a great fan base there themselves, and you know, it's, it is it is a place you go. And if you find yourself a couple goals down, it is hard to to pull yourself out of it, even though. You know, after half-time, I think, you know, we come out and uh, we got a couple goals, but it, it, it wasn't to be. But it was a, it was a great, great run and, and the boys um, were really proud of, of what we achieved. And obviously now, you're, I guess you're looking for a new club. Are you going to take a bit of time before you decide where you're going to head? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's something that I haven't had to do for a while. Um, so, you know, it's, and it's been a weird, weird up and down season and, and I think, you know, it's, it's time to, to maybe just uh, have a little time to reflect. Um, but it's definitely, you know, a, a time to find a club and choose the right uh, the right next step for myself. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm, I'm having a, a little week off and then we'll, we'll get down to the business again. Has the phone already been ringing? <laughs> uh, it, it, it has, yeah. But, um, but, you know, like I said, it's, it's got to be the right fit for me going into next year and, you know, it's interesting to, to. I haven't, like I said, I haven't done it for a while, so I'll take a bit of time and, and make sure it's the right option.
Looking back over over your time at Bromley, I guess the highlight's got to be Wembley, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's two things that stick out in, in my mind, and yeah, one of them is winning the league in in 2015. Um, that was very special for myself with the group of players we had, and then Wembley. I, I, I don't think anyone can top that. Uh, you know, leading your um, your hometown club out at Wembley in front of 30,000 people isn't something you uh, you, you forget or or you that you don't. Um, you know, you would take for granted. But if I look at it back here fondly. The group of players we had that year is it may could be the, the best group of players I've ever ever been a part of. There was some real ups and downs. I think we travelled the length of the country a few times as well um, to get there, and it, it really was a story. Um, we had uh, Glyn Beverly pass away. who was a massive, massive figure at the club, and you know, I think that was a real driving force behind our squad and, and, and really wanted to get there for for him for that year. Um, but, but like I said, it, it was an absolute honour and I, I felt privileged to have, have led the squad out, not only for the club, but for the boys I was playing with, the staff and, and, and the fans that come out in there. You know, like I said, 30,000 of them. It was, it was something I won't forget. Have you ever watched the last 20 seconds back though? I haven't even watched the game back. <laughs> I've been like, I, 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 um, it was an honour now. I've watched, you know, I've, I've seen little clips of it and stuff, but I, I couldn't tell you when when uh, the hurt will stop for me to actually sit down and watch that again. And I suppose just finally, you've had a great time, and I guess that the Bromley fans have been amazing to you, and hopefully you'll get the chance to to say goodbye to them at some point. Yeah, yeah, no. From the moment I walked in the club, the fans were have, have really took me took me on and, and you know, a lot of it is like you're one of our own and, and stuff like that which which I am I, I was a bro- well I am a Bromley boy um, you know come through the youth to then go on and, and captain the club and you know when you step out there they, they, let, they let you know the love or the, or the hate at the time but um, they've been nothing but supportive to myself and the club through through everything we've been through since the time I've been there and um, you know that is something not every player will will um, receive that sort of that sort of support and love. And you know, I I, I just hope that I did everything that, that I know I I know I did everything you know that I could have on the pitch, and they gave me everything back. So it's been an absolute honour. And I suppose Bromley will always be the the second score you look out for wherever you end up. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. They will never be far from my thoughts, obviously. Um, the the club as a whole at the moment, you know, through you know, with with Robin the chairman and all the board, and um, even even the people that work at the club, all the staff, they they to be honest, become sort of my friends. Um, so I I will be looking at that very uh, nearly every week after my score, and then you know, I really hope that the, that the club can push on and and get where they want to go. I'm sure, Matt, he will be a man in demand and we'll be waiting to see where he ends up. But in the meantime, let's focus on what a servant he's been. He's been Mr Bromley the last few years, hasn't he? Oh, he's a class act. On and off the field, we're lucky enough to meet him a couple of times when he came to the radio. But, you know, he's everything you want from a skipper and everything you want from a defender. I I thought, you know, he was an organiser, you know. uh, uh, You know, and I, you know, one thing you probably, you know, move away from the club and, 
you know, he was seconds away from lifting that FA trophy, but nobody can take him away that he was, you know, the captain when they went to Wembley. He drove them on. I think he had a good game that day as well. So, well, I remember he had a good game. But yeah, a real leader. Um, interesting to see where he goes now. Um, back to Bromley. We'll score back in a minute. But yeah, Bromley released a few players, but I think Andy Woodman will be trying to put his marker on it. He hasn't been really getting in too much, as I don't think, recently, Jack. So, um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from there. But yeah, a real great servant. And there's not many players these days who have more than 300 games, 397, 370 games or whatever you said for one club. And when he goes back to Bromley, if he stays in the National League, he will be, um, he'll get a fantastic reception from the Bromley faithful. Yeah. And I, I th- he said there that he never thought, you know, that you could make that many appearances. Doesn't seem to happen anymore in, in non-league. And I thought as well, obviously Andy Woodman's made the decision um, that it was time for Jack to leave. But I thought Jack spoke really, really well about Andy Woodman and, and what he's done as a manager in his short time at Bromley. And that is just the mark of the man, isn't it? A, a class act to the very end. Yeah, yeah, I have to check how old he was. He's only 29, isn't he? So, yeah, very wise heads on young shoulders and gone through the league. So he knows the game inside out. And a lot of clubs will be interested, will be looking at him and thinking who they've signed. And I think, I don't know if he's got business interests out of the field, if he can stay full-time, go part-time. But if I was Andy Hessenthaler and he, he could get him, he's the perfect example that somebody like Dover could get him. But again, there's other clubs in the county and probably in the Surrey area. Who may be interested in him. Could he go in the league? You never know. He's a, a class act. So um, disappointed he's left. But, um, you know, the king is dead. Long live the king, as they say. Yeah, disappointing um, for for, Hart, uh, for Bromley up at Hartlepool on, on Sunday. Uh, the first half, by by all accounts, wasn't their finest uh, under Andy Woodman. And they fought back. They lost 3-2 in the end. But I think there'll be a, a sort of nagging sense of, of disappointment that it, it unravelled so quickly up in the northeast. Yeah, I saw I saw the goals um, when I was mowing the lawn. I was just, I listened to it on Partly Paul FM or whatever it was called. So and I saw the goals and it's quite interesting. When I saw the goals from the other playoffs as well. You know, Notts County scored their two goals or the winning goals from um, uh, set pieces, and also we saw um, Bromley long ball over the top, and then they um, basically uh, couldn't cope with the long ball and the defenders got in behind. So disappointing. Maybe that's where somebody like uh, um, anyone was going to try and think a couple of, you know, maybe a bit quicker set of halves rather than the more robust ones. But disappointing, but a good season. And if you'd have said to me they'd have been defeated by Hartlepool um, in the playoffs when he, when uh, Andy, um, Neil Smith got sacked, I, I would have thought that would be true. So, um, yeah, fair play to them. They had a good season. They've got to build on that next season. And I'm interested to see who they bring in. Yeah, that's going to be the key thing now, isn't it, for Andy Woodman, who who he manages to bring in. He's obviously got a lot of contacts uh, and it is interesting to see, you know, I, I was looking up the 11 that played on Sunday and, and that wasn't the team you would have seen under Neil Smith. So even with not being able to bring anybody in, he was looking at, at ways to shake things up. And, and as Jack Collins said there, he, he got them all playing in the right direction. He got them you know, he got that sort of us against their mentality. So that was really impressive. And as you say, what sort of players he brings in remains to be seen, but I'm sure Bromley are going to be a team to watch next season. Yeah, I think the National League at the top end is going to be a real fight for some of the clubs to get promoted. I expect Bromley, with the backing they've got and what the contacts Andy Woodman's clearly got, I think that they'll be one of the ones that they want to improve on the playoffs. So, um, side to watch out for. A couple of other players who've gone. Joe Kizzy, I know that He's played well. Maybe he's off into the league. Jack Bridge is already south. Found a club at Southend. Ben Williamson, you know, 
a striker who doesn't score that many goals, but he's a real workhorse up front. Another players and, and Frankie Raymond. There's a couple of players I expect, John, not necessarily, hopefully, maybe at Kent clubs, but definitely in the National League, they'll stay in there from there. I would imagine so, yeah, as well as those ones, Charlie Fox, Tarek Najia, Tom Purrington, Charlie Wakeford and Oni Tanner have left. Uh, nine players already under contract for next season and talks ongoing between Boss, Annie Woodman and the rest of the out-of-contract players. So we'll be keeping a close eye on what happens at Bromley over the coming few weeks. There's been a few moves down in that. Michael Cheek, go back to that, John. Michael Cheek, do you think? Maybe the big spenders, you know, Wrexham haven't really got a goal scorer. What do you think? Will Michael Cheek want to move to Wrexham? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying he might do, but there could be money talks if Wrexham, you know, they could do it. But I would have thought some of the top sides who didn't get promoted will be looking at Cheek. But Cheek, because what he's done over the last two or three seasons, I'm not trying to sell him, but he signed a new contract at Bromley and he's probably happy there. But, you know, you might have these sides looking at players who've done it in this league before. Um, he might be trying to sign him. But good, they've got a basis of good spine already for next season. So, um, yeah, interesting times ahead. Uh, there is, I, I think there is only one club that possibly could tempt Michael Cheek away from Bromley. I will tell you after the show and we will see. I think he will either be at Bromley or he will be at the other club who I will tell you when we're not recording. OK. Oh, right. interesting. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's been a few moves down in the National League South as well. Ebb Street adding something I certainly thought they were missing uh, this season in an out-and-out goal scorer after snaffling much-travelled sniker striker Elliot Romain from Dartford and here Rakeem Bingham who's just been confirmed as staying put could be quite the pair up front I think and they've also signed Concord Rangers keeper Chris Haig uh, while Tom Hadler has moved to Maidstone after what was probably a frustrating campaign for him at Stonebridge Road the Stones have also signed winger Reese Grant midfielder Roy Deacon and striker Jack Barham a sign of intent from Hackenhoe Retton's men uh, Dartford have also been busy with Bagasan Graham Dan Roberts and George Porter arriving to take their total summer captures to five and some angels also building with the arrival of Maidstone striker Ibrahim Olatardi. What what moves there stand out for you? I think Remain is is a good sign in for Ebsleet United. Yeah, there's a lot of um, musical chairs moving from Dartford to Ebsleet to Maidstone sort of doing a sort of circle on that. Yeah, when I saw Remain went, I quite like Remain. He didn't, I wouldn't say he's a prolific goal scorer, but he's an absolute menace. He's, maybe, he's a goal scorer who scores in streaks, I think. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he'll get six in six, in six and, and then maybe not score for another four or five, but he'll, yeah, he, yeah. he will score goals. Yeah, I, 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 you know, he could be a good four for Bingham there. Um, I would say he's a 15 to maybe 17 goal striker, looking at his record, but he will work his his backside off for the side. So, And he, he's a menace to defenders. So that's a good signing, I think. A bit like Jack Byram's gone to, to Maidstone, who I like as well, who's at Dartford. Very similar players. And Maystone Bryan, it looked like look a bit of width there, Rory Deacon. Um, there's some you can see what Maystone are going to try and do, play the wits, maybe a big man up with Barham as well. And Dartford, you know what you're going to get with Steve King. He knows players at this level, a couple of good signings as well. So yeah, guys doing their business. And Olatada, you, you know, didn't really work out for for Maystone, but if anybody can put an arm around a player and get him scoring goals at this level, it will be Steve McKim. So, yeah, good to see clubs doing a lot of business in the in the marketplace, even though they're sort of not moving too far outside the county, are they? So, a lot of movements inside the county between our national south clubs. Yeah, you mentioned Jack Barham there, and, and I think he is a, a obviously a player who's got a lot of talent, but he's just been a little bit unsettled, hasn't he? And he's been here, there, and everywhere. You know, he's had chances at various places, and hopefully, he can have a settled season at Maidstone United. And he seems from his social media to be really, really looking forward to it. And if they get him playing as we know he can, 
that's a 20 to 25 goal a season striker at this level, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, very similar player to Romain, but I would say he's more of a natural strike uh, finisher, um, Jack Barham. His record's good. You know, he went to Bromley. I know Neil Smith really liked him, but didn't work out there after a loan from Barnet. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, good, good, solid signings at this level. So, again, a lot of lovely sort of signings in the offensive side. Now, I think maybe some of these sides be looking to do the um, defensive work as well. So, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, it's. It's happening at clubs, I think, all over the place. Yes, uh, in the Isthmian League Premier Division, Margate striker Noel Layton has moved to join Hythe Town, which I think that seems like a really good signing for Steve Watts' men, Matt. Yes, you know, Noel Layton is a good, you know, quite a tall, slender striker. Uh, you know, played at level at Dagenham. Um, yes, yeah, you know, if you're playing off Franny Collin, Franny Collin will do his tricks and things and Layton could score. So, yeah, again, why sign him? Yes, loads of other signs in the Eastern League as well. Ramsgate, Whitstable particularly. So many clubs doing their business early so they can hit the ground running uh, when pre-season starts. And big news from Ashford as well, as Paul Bowden-Brown, who left the Rams a couple of months ago, has taken his considerable experience to become director of football at Homelands, further strengthening their position. He's going to be involved in the youth team as well. You just can't seem to keep him out of the game, can you? It's amazing, isn't it? It's 74. and um, Yes, he's been, uh, you know, he's a bit like Marmite to certain people, but he's... His love for Kent football and working with local clubs is key. And I know Tommy Warrelow's worked with him before. So there'll be a strong team. And again, as I said before, Ashford, you know, where they are with the number of houses going up, if they can get it right, get the academy right, get people involved, they can really get boost the crowds. And I'm sure that's one of his targets, Paul Bowden Brown and that. Yes, into the scaffold. We'll discuss the latest in the post-lockdown tournament shortly. But before that, news has been released about promotions in the scaffold next season. The winners of the Premier League will be promoted. While the runners up will face a playoff against the team from the Eastman League South East. And in the first division, the champions will be promoted with the next four going into the playoffs for a second spot. I'm very excited about this. At the bottom two from the Scaffold Premier will be relegated, and the bottom three in the first division will be liable for relegation, it has been said. But that playoff thing sounds sounds quite good. It gives teams further down the table, Matt, a, a chance. I think um it is quite exciting, particularly the one in the first division, when you get your top team up with the fourth, like, oh, they will be some absolute crackers. And we could have Chatham against well, Sheffield against Sittingbourne, if Sittingbourne were the bottom, near the bottom, couldn't they? To stay up, what a kind of game that is. So, really, really exciting things. Adds a little bit of extra spice to it as well. So, gives the, gives the, at least we know at least top two have got a chance to get promoted to the schedule. Of course, we don't want to lose anybody in the... Um, the Ryman League, but um, hopefully we're playing against somebody who's not in Kent. But yeah, really excited that that the Skeppel two is going to be exciting because there's how many sides will think, yeah, we can definitely get top five here. Well, absolutely. And as you're about to hear the, the news of the playoffs was was news for one club. Uh, FC Elmstead managed to win the London Senior Trophy despite losing their manager and almost all of their players before the competition restarted. Uh, the club who ground share was Sutton Athletic are understandably delighted with their effort. And earlier with this week, I caught up with their general manager, Fabio Rossi, to talk all about it. Uh, it has been. It's been <laughs> very busy. Um, thankfully, it's over now. But uh, it was amazing, really, to be fair. I mean, anyhow, uh, previous manager left us uh, just on May the seventh. It was so we had well had no no time really to to get a team together, but we did somehow. Uh, we went to the London FA, uh, and we was thinking about pulling out, but they said stay in it. We can use anybody that's uh, signed to the club. They included Sunday players and their under twenty ones. Um, so so basically, I I dragged up three under twenty ones 
which I had never seen play. I normally would have done, but because of the pandemic, I hadn't. Um, we we kept we kept three players, and I want a special mention to to Russell, uh, to Carl, and uh, Slim, who stayed on. Um, and we we had four Sunday players as well, and a couple of odds and ends that were hanging around that didn't make the the team at the back end of last year. And we we put a team together. Absolutely incredible, really, when you think that it was just literally thrown together, and then you went on and, and won the whole competition. <laughs> it was it was amazing, really. I mean, to, to do that, I mean, Forest Hill Park, it was a real tough test in the final. Um, but just to, you know, uh, maybe, maybe maybe people will say it wasn't the best uh, cup this year because one or two teams did pull out um, at our level. Uh, but nonetheless, we had to, you know, fight every way and, and we did. And uh, hopefully it's put Elmstead on a, you know, we've been a very quiet sort of team since we've come into the league. But there ain't many teams that can say, that they've won the London Senior Trophy or a cup or anything for the last sort of five, ten years, but we can. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a fantastic achievement and, and something that will make your club a more appealing proposition, I guess, because I guess you're still looking for a new manager and you want some new players. Uh, yes, the the closing date for the manager is, was basically about today. If anyone wants to quickly get in, then, then they can. Um, we're holding interviews. Um, I've already... I think I've already secured a sponsor. So, but we—if someone wants to top the sponsor, they can. <laughs> um, but yeah, because of the you know the, the London Senior Trophy win, uh, things sponsorship may be a little bit more easier. Um, and obviously, we've had a we've had more applicants than I ever realised that we would get. We've had over twenty applicants and uh, some of some real good quality, really. To be fair, considering the size of our club, really. What sort of ambitions do a club like FC Elmstead have? Because it's, it's a tough old trot in, in Scaffold Division 1 sometimes, isn't it? Uh, it is, but since we've been in it, we've we've held our own, really. And uh, I mean, any old got us right up to the top. We threw everything at it two years ago to try and win one of them four spots to go up. I mean, we was ambitious enough to try. Uh, we was we was hanging on to foot. We left the league for four months, I think it was, but we played more games. And then obviously at the end we got caught and we did fourth joint fourth spot, but we still had a chance with seven games to go. Um, what are our ambitions? Yeah, we want to try and get up. I mean, there's a lot going on at the club. We already have our own base uh, in in Chiswhurst where all our youth and Sunday team play, which is a really nice uh, place. We've spent about half a million pounds worth of football foundation money on building a new uh, a new clubhouse and leveling our pitches. So that that's great and. We are currently, I can't really tell you where it is, but we are currently in talks with Bromley Council about building our own ground, and that's, that is some way down the road. But that's always the ambition, isn't it, to, to have somewhere to, to call your own? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really difficult. We we hope and like to think that we've been great ground sharers at Homesdale and Sutton have been brilliant to us. Thanks to John and Guy at Sutton, they're, they're really, really good to us. Um, yeah, we, we like to think that we've, you know, we've tried to help them out not only just spent financially, but we've also helped them out. Um, you know, we decorate the paint, changing rooms and bits and pieces that we've done. So, so to make it more feel like we're, we're helping them, you know, it's not just the one way that they're helping us. And I guess obviously with the new brush now, the new manager, you've got an opportunity, I suppose, to, you know, you can set yourselves up however you want to do it, can't you? What, so so you, you come into the back of it off a great success, but now you've got the blank canvas. And I think that's quite exciting. Uh, it is. It's a challenge for the new manager, but 
to to be fair, I mean, I don't think I don't think we're going to have one player left. Now, I'm not that bothered about that because I know that that you know I could get a team out. So in case the skeptical are worried about that, we're not too bothered about that. Uh, but the new manager will have a a completely clean slate to bring his own players in. Um, you know, hopefully they'll be of, of that level. Um, so, and to be fair, we're probably trying to go for a bit of a younger squad that may last a few years. So, so our ambitions next year are probably less, I would say, rather than you know, you know, if we can hang around the, the middle to top half, then that'll be fine. If it's a young squad, then then that's all we'll be looking for. And then you know, season or two after that, then maybe we could start really having a go at it. Yeah, and I suppose it has been announced today that there's going to be playoffs in Scaffold Division 1 next season, so fifth place is going to end up getting promoted. So I guess that might change things for everyone. Oh, was it? All right, that's brilliant. I've, I've been champions trying to get the, that kind of thing. I've been, no, I didn't hear that news, but that's, that's really good because that really keeps your season alive if you're sort of, you know, seventh, eighth, you know, that keeps your season alive. You might just sneak in there. Oh, that's brilliant. Though. So, yeah, well, maybe the, the new manager's got a slightly bit more of a challenge now. <laughs> and just finally, obviously, you're playing at Sutton Athletic at the minute, and people might want to come and see you next season. You know, I'm sure you'll give everybody a really warm welcome if they want to come and see FC Armstead. Yeah, yeah, of course they're all. Everyone's welcome to to come down. Unfortunately, our base at Chisworth is nine miles away, so it's difficult. We have a lot of youth teams. You know, we've got you know, eighteen, nineteen youth teams, so it's difficult for them to come down, but. You know, anybody that wants to come down and more than welcome, we're always uh, sort of there and, you know, happy to see anybody, really. So, you know, our gates are not the best, mainly because, you know, we ground share and it's a, uh, it's quite some way from our own sort of home backyard, really. So, but yeah, people are more than welcome, always a warm welcome for you. Uh, after we chatted, Fabio also got in touch to add his gratitude to the club chairman, Paul Brook, who says there's not only been instrumental in the rise of the club, but also drives players to games. That's a great show of dedication. But what a story that is, Matt, losing their players and their manager and then going on and winning a, a cup competition. Unbelievable. Um, I think that shows the character of the, of the club and the players from that. Um, and I, I that's, a, that's a decent trophy as well for what they're playing at. I think they should be absolutely delighted with that. And clearly, clear what you said, a club on, you know, off the pitch trying to do the right things, bringing stuff in with their community. So absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, and he, he was he was a proud man uh, in the interview there. And that's what it's all about. And, you know, he's had his ups and his downs by losing his players, but lifting a trophy, nobody can ever take that away from their, um, from their honours board. No, and I thought, you know, we talk often about the, the passion of people behind the scenes at our clubs. And, and Fabio there was the perfect example of that. You know, you could hear in almost every word he said about that club, how much he cares about FC Armstead, how much he wants them to to find their place. You know, he's saying we've got the base in Chislehurst for our youth team. Now we need to get a base for the first team as well. You know, it's been brilliant ground sharing at these places, but we want a home. We want to put Elm, FC Armstead on the map. And that is the sort of dedication that every club at that level just needs. And, and they're lucky to have a chap like him at, at the helm, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think in the future, I think I'd like to be involved in a football club, you know, in some ways, helping something out. I and mean, then probably it's a labour of love, but when you get highs like we, they've just done there and what they're doing off the field, it must be such a a great feeling. And oh, I'm absolutely delightful. And well done for that trophy on the board. Fantastic. Really good. Do you think, you know, they're going to try and use that next season, John? Think they can get top five? 
Well, he, I mean, you could hear it when, when I said to him. It, well, he was like, that's that's news to me. Well, that'll give our new manager something to think about. And, you know, there's no reason why not. I think it'll be a wide open division next year. Uh, we can see anyone getting up there. And, and that the fact that finishing fifth means you could still get promoted, that's a great carrot for clubs like FC Armstead. And, and you know, there's there's no reason why. And, and you know, certainly if if you ever get the chance and, and you're in the area in, in over in Hextable where they're ground sharing, I'd definitely go and see them from what they've from just hearing that interview. And, you know, there's so many clubs in the scaffold one that, and they all just seem absolutely fantastic. So really, really well done to them. And, and thank you to Fabio for, for his time. I'm sure you'll have to remind me, John, you know, hopefully when the season goes in about October, when I say, well, how many people, how many teams are coming up and you'll say the playoffs. So if, if the scaffold are listening, if they can little, put a little bar <laughs> the league table so I can work it out it will highlight the playoffs thing that would be really handy to me because I'll probably forget but I'm going to really keep an eye on that league because there's going to be so many sides thinking oh we got a chance here yeah, Dean, can you do that for Matt, please? Thank you very much. Uh, on then to the post-lockdown tournament, where the goals have dried up a little bit. Uh, and the second clash between the big hitters, Sheppey United and Chatham Town, ended in a 1-1 draw on Tuesday night. Uh, it was also the same score as Lordswood met Rochester, a first point for the visitors in the competition. Uh, with three rounds of fixtures left, Sheppey lead the way with 14 points from their six games. And he just stood another three points to guarantee a spot in the final. Chatham are next with 12 from six followed by Punjab, who have seven points from their five games, three ahead of Lordswood, with Division 1 side Rochester bringing up the rear with that solitary point. Uh, this weekend, Punjab are at home to Lordswood at one o'clock on Saturday, uh, before Chatham can go top of the table when they host Rochester at 3pm. Punjab United then host Sheppey on Tuesday, while Chatham face Lordswood. And the final fixture of the group stage on Saturday, the 19th of June, uh, when Rochester hosts Punjab and Lordswood are back at the Belleville Stadium to face Sheppey United. The top two will then clash in the final, which has now been moved back 48 hours to Thursday, June the 24th, uh, therefore avoiding a clash with the England against Czech Republic game on the Tuesday. And we'll be at that game where we record the final episode of the season. Uh, before that, of course, feel free to I send us your... Moved. Yes, no, it was moved a couple of days ago. So are you still able to come? Shouldn't be a problem. Are you, are you, what about your shifts? I'm not, there's no games that night, so I'm free Perfect. and easy. So you, um, so you, you ever get withdrawal symptoms, so you, we can go actually see some live football. Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, before that, we do that like, final show. Feel free to send us your nominations for player of the season, manager of the season and moment of the season for our clubs across the county. We're uh, going to we'll, record that while the game's going on, aren't we? Like, I think so. That's the plan, yeah. So we'll, we'll do one yeah, of our... I'll let, I'll let the um, let my wife know that I won't be there Thursday. That's cool. I don't feel, no, no, I've got nothing on that. Of course, no, of course you haven't. You've got no life. Uh, after all that, what else have you been up to? As you said earlier, one most expensive week of the year for you, isn't it, this week? It is, yes, yes, with my kid's birthday. Um, uh, I should point out, Matt's, Matt says my kid's birthday as if it's the same day. They're not twins, and it's no. a day, it's consecutive days, isn't it? Yes, it, Nick, my well, Monday and Tuesday. So, um, um, so, yes, we'll be doing that. Um, what else have we been doing, really? Um, we got the beach up back yet? Yeah, we had, yeah, we went down and had some lunch on uh, Sunday down there, which was nice. Um, just catching up. Um you know, because life's so hectic, you know, as it is generally running around. You just sort of, you just sort of been taking it easy and and go for them. My wife's gone out this evening to see her friends, so I've got to work out what I'm going to watch. Because well, I've been watching uh, Crystal Palace. Yeah, you got Amazon, yeah. The Crystal yes. Palace documentary, which is quite good. Good. I shall add that to the list. That's very good. I enjoyed that. Um, uh, but that no, I wouldn't say we've been doing too much. Just nice long walks with the dog, really. Um, but it's nice weather, so that that helps. Um. No, nothing too, nothing too sexy, really. So, um, no, 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 but no, it's just nice. Come home from work, 
walk the dog, have dinner, go to bed at 10, and then that's about it. Groundhog Day. So, yeah. It's been a big, well, absolutely stacked. We've been so busy, barely had time to breathe. We actually managed to get out last night and have a few drinks and a meal. So that was nice. No check-ins, but we're, we're virtually full. Um, just, yeah, working, just working really hard. And with the old uh, Euro starting, I'll be burning the candle at both ends. It's, it's safe to say. Make uh, sure but not, you eat properly. Yes. Well, there we. When I'm in the office, they'll be providing me with food, so that's okay. As that, so seriously, they take that. I actually got sent an email telling us the options for every single day of the group stage uh, as, we, as we've gone through the tournament. So, so uh, yeah. What were you, when are you first in the office? Uh, Sunday. I'm going up Sunday. What's the England game? Uh, yeah, England are playing. I'm. Do, I'm not doing England. I'm doing the five o'clock game, which is. Austria against North Macedonia, uh, which will probably be more fun than watching England, to be honest. Uh, I can't remember. Indian or Caribbean vegan, I think it is, on uh, on Sunday. So I'm going to go for the Indian. Um, no offence to the vegans. But uh, another news, big, big week at, at uh, Kent Nonley Podcast Towers uh, this week as uh, the faithful laptop on which the first 172 episodes of this godforsaken show were edited has been retired uh, it's finding a new home uh, when my parents moved to Eastbourne uh, but uh, I have a new laptop so when I edit this I'll be using my new laptop for the, uh, did the you first time those for this. Interviews you did was that with your new laptop no they're on the computer oh it was interesting so. because I couldn't actually listen to it via gmail I had to download them oh it's a bit naff, naff chat mm. here, but I thought that was the case. Maybe um, you've got your new machine. No, but I will be using it later on for editing. All set up, five percent to that. Yes, it's all done. Yep, and we're all good to go. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a smart bit of kit. It was recommended to me by someone I know who works in IT. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, so yeah, we're looking forward to seeing how it goes, and it's obviously got a lot of work to do over the next month or so uh, watching football. Obviously, Matt has already mentioned it. Uh, the European Championships start on Friday. Uh, first game is Italy against Turkey in Rome. Uh, and there is a fancy league on the official UEFA website. Uh, do get involved. We have got a league. Uh, we've just tweeted it out. But the, uh, the league code, if you're already on the app, is 64VGTE3E10. Uh, and I have tweeted out that link. So do get involved. So, yeah, so we've already got five teams in that. So we're looking forward to seeing how that plays out uh, over the next month or so. We didn't mention already... one other one, did we? So it wasn't either of us. No, it wasn't. Uh, you were above me, weren't you, just in the yeah. in the thing? And uh, it was won by, I can't remember who ben won Watts, it. Wasn't it? But ben Watts was very close to the top, if not the very yeah. top. Yeah. Uh, Thanks and... for everybody who joined in anyway, and uh, we'll do another one next year. We certainly will. Uh, I finished seventh overall, actually. Uh, you, oh, I did finish it. I finished above you. I had basically from about basically a bit like like when Dover finished, my season finished as well because it went terribly wrong. Yeah, I ended up seven points in front of you in the final oh. uh, ranking. So I was seventh, uh, you were eighth, and everybody's nemesis, uh, Michael Golding, finished in sixth place, oh, yeah. uh, merely sixty points in front of me. Um, so hopefully he'll get involved uh, in the. Uh, in the uh, European one, and we can see what what his metals like there. Ben Watts was indeed the winner, uh, beating uh, Dover Athletic superstar Jason Burns into second place. Oh, um, but yeah, thank you. Twenty managers in the end in that league, and we'll look forward to doing it all again next season. Well, uh, you yeah, favourite the Euros because you know a lot about European football. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I have picked up a few players who people may look at my team and think, oh, really? But uh, that I have seen over the past year or so. 
I want uh, to go back to the question then. Out of the Euros, name somebody that everybody, everybody will think, wow, after players you've seen. Uh, someone who you won't necessarily have heard of, but will impress you, uh, will be uh, Elgif Elmas of North Macedonia. Elgif, what position is he? He's a winger midfielder, uh, very handy. I saw him play last week. I had really high hopes for a chap called Dominic Slobosai, who plays for Hungary, but unfortunately he was ruled out of the tournament just before um, just before due to injury. But he would be a a, a real key player, and it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see that there's some. There's some strong teams in there. And for me, on paper, it looks like the weakest group. But I think Group C is the most intriguing group. Uh, It's Austria, North Macedonia, Netherlands and Ukraine. And I'm going to put my neck on the line here. And I'm going to tell you that the Netherlands will not win that group. Because I've seen a bit of them and they don't look to be much... uh, that they, they, they've just got something missing at the moment. They've got some good players, but there's just something missing uh, in their team. And, and I've seen North Macedonia a couple of times. They're capable of a shock. And Ukraine are very, very hard to beat under Andrei Shevchenko. So Tough. we look forward yeah, yeah. to seeing how that... Tough all, European uh, crack outfit. He's yeah. European crack outfit, that's it. Exactly. So, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be a great tournament. Uh, really looking forward to being part of the uh, UEFA team. You can see my work, my handiwork on the uh, UEFA.com website throughout the games. Uh, you will also be able to see it on the uh, official app, uh, which I obviously have to recommend that you download because it's uh, it's good at what it does. Uh, but, yeah, so football, maybe almost over for our Kent teams, but it's alive and kicking uh, for the European Championships, which are going to be really, really good fun starting on Friday. Can't wait. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening to this week's show. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can also get in touch with us on Facebook if you search for Kent Non League Podcast. Uh, don't forget, we have tweeted out the link to that Euro League. Do get involved. It should be uh, uh, interesting to see who who does well in that one. Um, you can find me on Twitter at John Phipps81. Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, we've had a well, it's been nice to be back. It feels a little, we feel a little bit refreshed after a little break. So, uh, good show. Thank you so much uh, to Fabio Rossi and especially Jack Holland for speaking to us this week. Obviously, a tough week for Jack having left Bromley, but uh, spoke brilliantly. Uh, so, I do really, really, really appreciate his time today and massive good luck to him uh, in the future. And, and hopefully, he'll be at a club where we can still talk about him uh, on a weekly basis. But we shall see what happens with that one. But thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll speak to you all in two weeks' time for the final episode of the season. Thanks for listening. The next time we speak, we will be together. It's great to be together.